Here we are, Patreon peoples and listeners. This Sunday's content is the February Office Hour, where I met with a bunch of awesome writers to talk about Scrivener and how I use that to structure some of my longer works, such as the Maltese Jordans. You can hear the whole thing here or check back and you will see the video where you can see all of the visuals of what's going on, the different screenshots, screen captures, and all that good stuff. I will be back next week with more Maltese Jordans or In Broad Daylight. Stay tuned. No more talking, just bring it on. Hello and welcome to the February end of the month office hours. We're going to be talking about Scrivener today. We've got a lot of folks here who want to find out about how Scrivener works and I'm excited to be making this video. I'll be put, posting this video on Patreon and a few other places so that folks who want to learn about Scrivener uh, but couldn't make it will be able to learn from this as well. So uh, one of the folks that we have here today is Rich Katz who I am working with on his novel and we're going to sort of start out by looking to bring elements of how to bring elements of his novel into Scrivener and basically start out the program there. Um, but to get us started, I will show you what my book looks like in Scrivener right now. So you guys should be able to see a Scrivener screen here, right? Right. Okay, so this is the Maltese Jordans, which I have set up in Scrivener. I've basically drafted it in Scrivener, uh, which I don't find to be a hard task to do. Um, I used to do writing only in uh, Microsoft Word, but the searchability of Scrivener, being able to look down the left side here and see the different sections, what they're called, the different um, chapters, these are by no means hard and set chapter titles, but they just kind of give me a couple notes to go on so that I can look here and see sort of a chronology of what the different pieces are. And if I want to find something, I can just navigate to it. So to me, this is really key, being able to scroll up and down in the novel, find different parts. I don't want to reveal too many spoilers about what happens at the end of the Maltese Jordan, so I'm going to linger towards the top. Uh, but you know, being able to look at these and then, um, you know, I can do things like uh, compile this whole thing and turn it into a um, an EPUB book or a Kindle book, or I can compile parts of it and put it to Microsoft Word. Very easy to do this kind of stuff. Um, I can also look at the entire manuscript at once and see, you know, here's the entire manuscript. It's 67,000 words. Um, I could highlight parts of it, but I can also just drill down and only look at a chapter. This chapter is 1,100 words. I've got notes over here on a sort of larger scale of what happens in the chapter. Uh, these are sort of my um, storyboarding concept. And then down here, I have my notes on sort of things that I'd like to improve on or my, my working notes for within each chapter. Uh, but, but I've got parts over here. I can collapse and expand these. And then within the parts, as you can see, I've got all these different chapters that I can look at. The other thing that I can do, which is kind of cool, is I can um, go on this thing, which is called uh, corkboard mode. And I can see all of these sort of three by five cards and look at kind of an overall concept of what the different pieces are doing. I can also move these around and change the order if I want to, and that will change them in the actual draft. Um, so I have a lot of opportunities to be able to manipulate things without trying to copy and paste or uh, highlight and copy large chunks of text. So that makes things really easy. There's also this outline view uh, where I can look at a whole bunch of different chapters, um, look at the word count for each one. Uh, I can see how recently I've worked on each part of this and the word count. And I can think about adding up a couple of these to see what the word count goes up to. I'm also able to say with each one if I've revised it or not. So I can mark it like no status or to do 
and I can just look at a glance to see, you know, what the different parts of each of these are. So for me, having a draft in this and being able to do this level of um, seeing the structure of the book and seeing certain information about the individual chapters, that's really key for me. I can also, um, you know, and so if I look at a chapter, I've got these notes, I can change the status, um, things like that. Does everyone see all of those things? Any questions about any of these? Yeah, Seth, uh, where do you get the little um, synopsis under each title in the corkboard view there? So that's just going to pull from, so I, get, I put the titles up here, yeah. and that gets copied here and here, and then the synopsis just gets pulled from this little area over here. So if I make a new, let's say I want to make a new chapter. So it starts out untitled, and then I'll just put test chapter. And then over here, I can put putting this in for Harley's question. And then if I go over here and uh, go to this so that I'm selecting the whole part one and yeah. look at the corkboard, I'll see that right in here in the order. Mm. And this is pulling from this synopsis. It looks like a three by five card up here, and so that just kind of pulls that. Right, and, but yeah. you typed the synopsis text in. Yeah, and I can also type it in in the corkboard. Whoops. Oh, maybe I can't type it in in the corkboard. I have well, to type it in over here. I was just wondering if you typed the chapter, if the program would pull some text from it for the. The program will not pull text from okay. it. Um, if I wanted to like copy something, and put it yeah. in here, then I could do that. But um, okay, I don't think that I want the program to generate these synopses for me. I, I feel like. Um, writing these synopses is similar to the project or the process of writing the scenario, which I've talked about a, with a lot of you guys. And so just to kind of distill what happens in each chapter, often I'll do that after writing a first draft or as I'm going, I'll just go in and write what happened in each one. And sort of the process of really distilling these down just to put the bullet points of what happens, I think is a good part of the the process of writing. It helps me get my head around what's going on. But to be honest with you guys, I use this stuff over here, just the really brief chapter titles for navigation and looking at the structure more than I use this stuff or the corkboards. Other questions? Yes. Seth. Yeah. Uh, can you put a note in intro chapter? Like uh, you're writing a chapter and Come to a part and say, uh, you know, I want to elaborate on this later on. So put a note there and then continue. So when uh, you go, so yeah. the way that the way that I do that is that I'll just put something in here in bold. Okay. Add this here, and then when I'm scanning through, uh, even if I'm looking at the whole draft, like if here I've selected the entire draft and then I can scroll through it. Um, if I'm scrolling through, I'll see that in bold, and I'll know, um, okay, there's something here that I wanted to work right, on. Right, but that's the only way that you would know. You can't make a list of notes that I need to go back to later so if on. I, if I want to do that, I'll put something over here for myself, and then right. I'll put the status as to-do so that I know when I look at the overall that there's something that I wanted to do in this one, and then I'll put some notes over here that say like fix this part or develop that. There's a comment feature up here that I don't use. Uh, I guess I could add comments that way. Um, but to be honest, I haven't explored that. There, I'm sure there's a lot of features of Scrivener that go beyond what I use. But for what I use, I get a lot out of it. Um, it's really useful for me. Um, and Based, and what I want to spend a fair amount of time on today is, is taking some of Rich's stuff 
and showing how I would set that up on Scrivener. So if anyone has more questions about my draft, I can answer them and then I'll start off with what we're going to purchase. So um, to import riches over here, so I've got his Word document. I'm sure you guys have seen something like this. This is um, 113,000 words. So I can look at it over here. He's got a bunch of different chapters. So here I've got chapter one. And to start him off in Scrivener, what I would do is go to new project. Um, and I'll go to fiction. Novel with parts is useful to me. And then I'll just choose that. I'll call it something like Rich's book. Um, I like to save it in my Dropbox over here so that if I go from one machine to another, uh, I can um, keep working on it. Somehow it makes a whole bunch of little files inside that Scrivener file, so it's fairly intricate within, um, but that's sort of what it does. And it'll save automatically all the time, so um, that's good. So Rich's book is called Every Dog. I'll put that in over here. Um, part one. And then I don't mess around with having chapters be folders. So I'll just take these out of here, delete this. And I can add a bunch more chapters to part one if I want just by adding these like this. Does that, does that make sense to everyone what I've done so far? So I've set it up where I've got one part with a bunch of chapters and then part two with a bunch of chapters. The other things that I think are useful are additional places to add notes down here, uh, front matter, information about characters, research. Sometimes I like to just take folders and put them in the trash or just like label a file extras, things that I might use later. Um, some of the stuff down here is good or like in the Maltese Jordans, I'll just have a bunch of stuff down here that are extras. These are either things that I've pulled out of it, um, notes from different people, timeline, research, shit this guy needs to say, um, things that I've put in the trash, different character stuff. So things like that sort of get developed as I'm going through. Uh, but for here, it's pretty straightforward. What I'll do is go into Microsoft Word, I'm going to shrink this down so it's easier to select large pieces of text. Uh, and I'll take Rich's chapter one, just select the whole thing. It's a whopping seven pages. Copy it just by hitting con uh, Command C. And then um, I'll just drop it in here. I can mess with the font or something like that. Maybe I want it to be in 14-point font. There's, I don't know how this is going to look on your on the share screen, but one of the things that Scrivener does, which is kind of cool, is I can switch it to like typewriter mode, where everything goes black except for the screen that I'm working on. You can change hey, the width of this. Yeah. Why don't you like chapters? What do you mean? You said you eliminated from the whatever the sidebar is called in Scrivener. Oh. It had a place for chapters that I don't like those. Oh, so my, my, um, <clears throat> I'm using chapters. Like I use each one of these things as a chapter, but the way that it was set up, so I use each one of these as a chapter. Okay. But the way that they set it up initially is to have this be a chapter and then thinking along the lines of like breaking the chapters down into different scenes. Okay. So their taxonomy is more detailed than mine is. Okay. So for me, like I'll have a part with 20 chapters, but for each chapter, I don't want to have individual scenes that are separate folders within it. So you could get more level of detail than I have and separate your chapters down a little bit more. And that would help you visualize more in, um, within the overall structure. 
but I don't do it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thanks. So like rather than doing Rich's whole thing here, I could do like half of it in this in this file uh, and then half of it in here and then just say what each of those parts are. Like there's sort of a reminiscence thinking sequence in the back end that I could do as a separate file. But generally I don't do it that way. So it's not the problem that I have a problem with chapters. It's just that I don't use chapters as folders. I use them as files. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So we're back over here. I've emptied this in. Um, I could put chapter one here, but for me, it makes more sense to put uh, like first alley scene. This is what happens. Um, and then maybe I'll put the characters in it, Billy and Doc. And then I'll just put what happens in this scene. Um, Billy and Doc waiting in the alley. Does that sound good, Rich? Yep. Doc thinking about California. So uh, I'm going to leave this as first draft or, you know, revised draft. Uh, and that's what I've got there. So then. Um, the second one, uh, I'll go back to Word, and I'll just pull chapter two here, copy the whole thing. And the funny thing is where I've seen people get tripped up where they're trying to do this migration from Word into Scrivener is that they take their, um, they take their stuff from Word and then... Uh, they place it into a weird spot once they get into Scrivener. So our dear friend Connie would take a whole chapter and then shove it in here like this, and then you end up with some sort of crazy thing, if it even fits. Yeah, so she's got like all of Chapter 2 up here, and that got her totally confused. She didn't know what was going on, and it all seemed really weird, uh, which makes sense, right? Um, but so you want to put it here or some people will wind up putting it here uh, and you don't want to do that either so you put it here in the main document folder um, and then you can add uh, chapter 2 uh, backstory on Tiffany and heist and then over here you could add things like point of view Tiffany uh, two weeks before, this is what happened. And then maybe down here, I wanted, I would add a note like, this should come later, consider moving. And then, so the advantage is, if I write like five chapters and then realize that this backstory thing needs to come somewhere else, I can just pick up the whole thing and drop it down here. I don't have to copy and paste the whole block of text again. I can just move this around completely. Um, I can change the way that this view looks in here. I can make this look bigger. Uh, I can make these things wider or not. Um, lots of different things there. I can get rid of this. Uh, and then if I look at all of part one, I can go to the corkboard thing. I can go to the outline. And this is sort of how I use the basic components of Scrivener. And, you know, to go forward with converting Rich's draft in, I would just keep taking chapters. And I actually like this as a concept. If you've written your draft in Microsoft Word, I like it as a concept of going through the process of taking each chapter and pasting it in. Because like you guys do when I ask you to write a scenario, this will force you to figure out what's happening in every chapter and then write a really quick bullet point of it here. Um, the mugging. And then a longer version of it here. Billy and Doc beat up Teddy in the alley. Um, and so as you're building this, you can really see... Maybe like five what things are looking like as you start building it. And um, as you're down here in chapter 20 or something, if you need to find out what happened back in the alley, you don't have to do like a giant 
version of scrolling around in Microsoft Word, scroll and read, scroll and read to find a scene, you can just go over here, look at it right away, pull it in, find the chapter, go right through it. So that's sort of the basics of how I pull stuff in there. And then from there, you know, I can just write new chapters in each part. I can add new parts or new chapters. There's lots of different things that I can do. So that's really the basics of where I start and how I work in it. And then I just keep adding new material to it. And uh, eventually I have something like this. And for my money, this part over here, if nothing else, helps me out so much when I'm thinking about what a longer project looks like and how to visualize it or keep track of the structure of it in my head. So what questions can I answer? Okay, I uh, is this only for novels and short stories? Can you do screenplays? I don't know. Um, I have done screenplays in Scrivener. Oh. Uh, script writing. Oh, wow. Screenplay. Um, I've also used uh, Final Draft a bit. And so um, I'm familiar with, with what that does. Uh, Lura says that she writes all her um, nonfiction books in Scrivener. Jess says Final Draft is great for screenplays. Final Draft is great for screenplays, but if you don't want to spend the money on it, I've been able to use Scrivener to do a really good job with screenplays. Uh, it helps you do the different things that you need to do in a screenplay set you can like have different keys so that you set up like this is where you say who's talking this is where you set the scene stuff like that hey seth it's andrew i got a quick question for you yeah uh what's the benefit of the label or status on the right there does that really affect anything or is that just something useful to the author as like a reference point or does it change if you if you change like the draft would it duplicate anything or um like it says status revised draft so for me status is helpful because i can see like if i'm working on this novel and i've gone away from it for a while uh i can go back and look at the outline and see basically um how much of it I've done revision on. So like, as I'm going through it, I'm marking these, like this one has something on it that I wanna fix. Uh, this one, nothing. These are all revised, revised. So as I'm going through and either like working on it or putting in edits from a copy editor or a someone else who's read it, then I'll mark these as revised draft or basically to do as I find that there's things in these that I want. So it's like in this scene, uh, I decided um, which one is that? Um, so in this one, I have uh, you know questions for me, like do I want to cut this easy part out? something about YouTubing, one of Jordan's old games. So there's things here that I'm asking myself that I might want to do. So I use the status part. <clears throat> Label I don't use a lot, but um, basically I think these are useful to set up for notes for yourself. So you might even label it, like if you were doing, when I was doing Young Junius, and I had a lot of chapters from different characters' points of view, you might have a label for, um, one person's viewpoint chapters and a different label for another's so that when you go to look at things in the outline mode you can kind of get a sense just from looking at the colors what sort of the chronology is of different people's chapters or you could um, add that thing label and then you'd know like okay i've got three of the junius chapters in a row and then two elf and then you know i'm back to this other guy Things like that. It's just sort of a way to give yourself more information at a glance. 
So if I was just putting these in, uh, I don't know how Rich feels about this, but um, you know, I would start this off with like, this is a first draft, that's a first draft, or you know, if it's not a first draft uh, and he's bringing it in, he's revised it a couple times, which I know he has, then he'll put them in as revised. Uh, but then eventually when you really feel done with it, you could say final draft. And so as you're going through looking at all the ones, eventually you'd be able to see which ones are final draft, which ones aren't. For the question that Don asked, when I start putting things in with boldface in brackets, so I don't lose any of those, I might label ones with that in there as to do, just so that if I look down the whole list, I can see which ones have things that I still need to work on. Wow, good to see everybody here. Nell in Florida, Boysen in Massachusetts, Andrew in sunny Wichita. Wonderful that you guys are here. What else can I answer about Scrivener? Hopefully this is helpful. I started, it uh, didn't work on the uh, iOS platform, now it does. How much can you do on your iPhone? Well, I would never use Scrivener on my iPhone. <laughs> I... Um, well, if you dictated yeah. text into it, couldn't you? I wouldn't. I don't want to mess around with the writing stuff. I, like, if I'm working on a novel, generally I want to be at home, in my spot, doing it. And for my laptop, I like being able to um, use Scrivener if I'm traveling or if I'm in a coffee shop or something like that and I yeah. want to do rereads. But... Um, the most that I would do on iOS, which is really recent, uh, that Scrivener's come over to that. I should also mention that everything I'm doing today is in Scrivener 2, and Scrivener 3 has come out recently and has a few changes to it. I don't think there's anything super significant that should be different than this. Uh, if there is, let me know, and I can answer questions about how it's different. I'll probably get three pretty soon now. Um, but I would never want to mess with my novel without a keyboard. That's how I am. And so if I was using it with an iPad that had a keyboard, I might go down that road with Scrivener. But um, that's my level of comfort with iOS and novel writing. When I, the la when I, had, a, uh, I had an iPad a number of years ago, and I ditched it to go to a laptop specifically so that I could have Scrivener on my little MacBook Air when I was traveling. And um, I never got another iPad after that. Now. Um, so when you're maybe the penultimate stage before you put the chapters in, if you're working on a chapter and you've kind of made little bits of changes, how do you save every single iteration or you did one point you just say oh forget it I'm, this is my master draft as you're working on one chapter does that make sense yeah that's a good question because in um in microsoft word i would i would save a whole bunch of different drafts and say like you know this is um you know, this is version one, this is version two, this is version three, this is version four, and then I could go back and toggle. Um, in Scrivener, it's a little bit different because all of the saving is automatic and it really um, it really focuses on one big version of your file, so you're not going to have a lot of different ones. Um, there is a thing that you can do here called snapshot. Take snapshots of selected documents take titled snapshots of selected. So show changes. Um, I think you can start to do this thing where you take snapshots of different things. Okay. Uh, if I look at uh, the Maltese Jordans, um, have I taken any snapshots? Show changes. No, I haven't taken any snapshots, I suppose. There's other documents that I've taken snapshots on. Um, maybe I have. So I took a snapshot on the 3rd of July, 2014, and that was, yeah, something different. I don't know too much about 
the answer there. Uh, generally, at a certain point, I just started plowing forward with these drafts. Okay. Um, but one thing that is really easy to do is just to go up here, which selects all the text. So if I just select the whole project like this, then in this middle window, it's got everything in it. Um, and uh, it has the full word count, 67,000 words. And if I just go here and hit Command A for select all, then I can just copy this whole thing, the giant 67,000 words of it, and then just come over to Word and mm -hmm. paste the whole thing in. Okay. And so, so that way I might use Word to save a draft of it here and there from time to time. Um, but only because I haven't explored these snapshots too well. The other thing I might do is if I'm making significant changes in one of these files, I might take one of these and say like, you know, this is version one, this is version two, or pull out stuff from it and put it down here in one of these other extras folders. <coughs> the truth is the thing that, that is a little bit funky for me about Scrivener is at a certain point, I start sending the file to other people um, to give me feedback. And when I'm getting feedback from copy editors or developmental editor or something, that all takes place in Word with track changes. And so I'm not going to do a process of reverting all of that stuff and pulling it back into Scrivener. So at a certain point, when I start working with other people or in Stephen King's terms, go to the open door draft, from that point on, I start working in Word. And so sometimes I lose some of the capability to be able to label things and say, like, this part is done, that part is done in Scrivener. Um, but I've also gone back and forth sort of late in the game as well. I have a question. Yeah. Oh, but one more thing. I just wanted to respond to Jess's question in the chat. Um, you can look at uh, the word count for the whole thing. So if, I, if I'm over here... Um, and I select a couple of different uh, chapters, I can count up like the word count of these four chapters together is 5,383. If I go to part one, it's got 16 chapters. It's a total of 20,000 words. Uh, wow. If I select the whole manuscript, then it's 67,000 words. And like that, part two has 22,000 words. And in the past, it's been helpful to me to look at sort of the length of the different parts to see how the flow goes. And um, in my last novel, when I was doing Everyone Pays on this, um, I'm not going to have it. Uh, when I was doing Everyone Pays on this, I was really moving around different people's drafts. I had different... Uh, chapters that were narrated by different characters and initially I just had them like A, B, A, B, A, B all the way through but then I started to space out one of the narrators more so I was moving one of the narrator's chapters all around and changing them from one part to the next and I wanted to keep the parts sort of around the same length so I was playing with that. Oh, thanks. That's much simpler than I uh, expected for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. I mean, you just look down here and you've got your word counts. I find it really helpful. Um, yeah, Bennett. So I thought you could export uh, as a Word file rather than copy and paste it into Word. And I thought you could import a Word file. And I was wondering if you could import it with marginal comments and save some of that stuff that people send you directly back to uh, Scrivener? Uh, let's find out. So I, you can export to Word, and I've done that. Um, sometimes it's just easier to copy and paste, but you can go to this compile thing over here, and uh, you can choose. So I've been doing, like, um, on my Patreon, I've been doing, like, three or four chapters at a time, and I just do the text version. So I'm giving out, like, the EPUB for Nook format and the Kindle version and the iBooks author chapters or the word files. Uh, so I'm sort of putting those into a folder and giving those to people over um, Patreon. And those are really easy to generate here. I just sort of make a folder and stick them in there. Um, 
but I can also just export as Microsoft Word, do the whole thing, whatever parts of it I want, um, and you just sort of select over here what parts you want to do. As far as importing from Microsoft Word, this is something that I've never messed around with, um, so I can't really speak to that. But if we tried it with Rich's file, I have no idea what that would look like. We can see. Sections are separated by, yeah, so I don't know what Rich is using to separate his sections. Uh, what's that? I'm using a hashtag. But for your chapters, you don't have a hashtag, do you? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's just my sections, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know what it would look like. It seems like there is some functionality there that you could work off of, but I haven't explored it. I think it's useful to, yeah, I mean, it would probably be useful to do um, a fast import like that, and maybe I could do that uh, in Microsoft Word with edits from a copy editor. Um, I just feel more comfortable at this point using track changes in Word because I'm familiar with those. I don't know what the Scrivener capability is in track changes. Basically, Scrivener is stuff, I use Scrivener for stuff that I'm doing completely on my own, and then when I start to interact with other people about a manuscript, I go over to Word because that's more... I just don't want other people messing around in my Scrivener, man. <laughs> but um, but I like showing it off to folks in a thing like this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like there's some capability there that one could explore and see what it does. And I feel like when you're manually bringing <clears throat> that stuff in, it's a good opportunity to give you awareness about your draft, particularly once you've finished a rough draft. So I might... As I said, I might fill out all those little note card sections after I've finished a rough draft just to kind of figure out what the book looks like. Similar to the Coke essay that I've given many of you guys. Good. I have a um, one of my uh, people that I'm working with, way before she started working with me, tried to import a giant novel into... Scrivener and somehow lost 20,000 words of her novel. So if nothing else, this, uh, this seminar should be able to help you avoid that. I don't know how she did it. She also has been able to make some sort of structural chapter heading series in Microsoft Word, uh, but I'm on a Mac and I have an older version of Word, so I'm not able to do that. Any other questions or things that I can cover for you guys about Scrivener? Uh, a caution to avoid uh, the oh shit moment, which comes when you've taken your laptop to the coffee shop and you go to open Scrivener and you forgot to close it on your desktop at home and you can't work on it. So mm -hmm. always close and save your work on the computer you're on so you can open it next time. From another computer. Yeah. So the weird thing about Scrivener is that if you open, if you have it open on your laptop and you go to open it on your desktop, this window will come up that says this is open on another machine. You can't open it, or you can only open it as a copy. So you do need to make sure that if you're using it on Dropbox, like I do, um, that you close out of it each time you leave one machine and go to the other. Um, but you know, usually I'm able to call home and say, Hey, can you turn off that program on this computer uh, so I can work on it here? Um, but yeah, there is an, Oh shit moment. If you start messing around and then you get different drafts, you've been there. Yeah. Um, I think the workaround for that is, um, you know, if I'm just going to work on one chapter or something, I might just work in, uh, I might just copy that chapter into word and then paste it back in when I go back to the other computer. Because you can open it as a copy. You just can't, like, start saving over it. But, yeah, you want to avoid messing with that at all. But Scrivener makes it really clear if you're about to head down that road and won't let you do it unless you really get aggressive and go in there and start messing with things. So if you're writing um, nonfiction or even a short story, I think this is really helpful to get you looking at the different pieces of it separately, thinking about or, or letting yourself know what, um, 
what stage each of those pieces is in. First draft, um, revised, outline form. Uh, and it just gives you a lot of different ways to look at the piece that you're writing. You know, before I was using Scrivener, I would use Microsoft Word and take a big piece of butcher paper and write down all the different chapter pieces and, and the structure and the outline of it. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Some people put different colored post-its all over their wall uh, with different chapters. Uh, but I find that Scrivener, um, using that outline feature and the other things, really gives you a lot of ways to look at your draft. And the longer your writing project is, the harder it is to keep the whole of it in your head. Um, so you really need extra tools to help you move around in it and see what the landscape looks like and what the structure really is. It felt a little weird when I started writing in Scrivener because Scrivener purposely doesn't have a lot of the um, things that Microsoft Word has where it'll kind of edit you or do grammar check on the fly. Um, it's a lot more like using a typewriter. Like it, it's not gonna like uh, re autocorrect your words as you're going. Um, and you may or may not enjoy that. Uh, it makes me have to focus more and make sure that I'm typing things the right way. But, um, you know, another option if you really like your autocorrect is just to write your chapters in Word and then bring them into Scrivener one at a time. You might be able to enable autocorrect now in Scrivener, I'm not sure. The text you showed us had some highlighted words that were misspelled. How did that get there? It did? Which one? California, or IE, or whatever. In Rich's or mine? Oh, ah, man. whatever you showed us. Yeah, it's got Ralphie underlined. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out my ass. But I know that if I'm typing something, yeah, it'll, so where Microsoft Word will start like completely rearranging your, your writing for you, if you spell and or something like that, uh, and just start sort of like automatically changing things, Scrivener will highlight when something's wrong, uh, and then you could probably fix it. Um, but it's not going to start rewriting words for you like your autocorrect okay. will when you're texting your friend and it goes crazy or things like that. It just gives you a, a higher level of control. It's kind of like a manual uh, stick shift instead of driving an automatic, which you may or may not like. So if you guys were to go, if so for a lot of you, I know that you're interested in using Scrivener. You've probably bought it. Um, and you're thinking about either starting a longer project in Scrivener or starting to put pieces of a longer project in Scrivener and then developing it there. Um, from this point, when you go out into the world and start messing with it, do you feel like you know where to begin? Are there other things that I can show you that will help you get into that? The new, um, the new project setup where you, where you go in and start a new project, it gives you a ton of options. Um, and there's a bunch of tutorials there and stuff like that. Uh, for me, just going into novel with parts and then erasing whatever I don't use uh, has been really easy. We're just moving things around and adding new pieces. So... That's where we are. Uh, I'll have the recording of this if you guys want to watch the part where I open Rich's thing again and start doing that, that migration. Um, but yeah, any other questions, I'm happy to answer. Great. Well, this has been the office hour for February. It's great to see you guys because we have an awesome and large crowd here. Uh, I'll hang around for a couple minutes to answer any questions about anything else. Um, but I hope that I'll see you guys in the, uh, the next office hour next month. Um, and 
on the mailing list and all other kinds of good stuff. Thank you, Seth. Thanks, Harley. I'll let you know what I think as I keep going through last puffs. Okay. While Wait. everyone's here, I'll make one quick plug for Harley's new book, Last Puffs. It is good. Hemingway good. <laughs> wow. Don't let the cover fool you. It's really a good book. Where can we get it? You can get it on Amazon. Last yeah. Puffs. I just put, I just, if you're following me on Facebook, I just uh, touted it on Facebook and shared it there. And I can share it on Scrivener as well. I, and I'll warn you, my Amazon review for this book is going to be titled, Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover. <laughs> Sorry, Harley. That's the okay. The writing is way better than your cover artist. <laughs> Great. Thanks. But that's what happens with a publisher. If I, you know, one of the things that's kind of funny, I'll just share one other thing with you guys uh, while we're here. Um, so a weird thing that I've been trying to do with, um, with Amazon and publishing, because I've published my novels with publishers, the only thing that I've really self-published on Amazon is... my short story collections. And so that's the only thing that I can use. Um, that I can use the Amazon marketing tools and ads for. Um, and so if I look on Amazon, uh, at some point I did the cover for my story collection myself and I kind of like it. But since I'm messing around with my Amazon ads, I, um, I'm wondering if I could do better for a cover. So here's what I've done. I, um, this is the cover for my, so here is a sponsored ad that I'm running. And if I click on this link, it'll make me pay like 10 cents or something. But here's the cover for my book. Um, for the paperback, I did the cover where it's like really clear and you can actually see the stuff in it. At some point for the ebook, I thought it would be cool to kind of pixelate it out or make it look like somebody drew it or something, which may or may not have been a good idea. But I am thinking now about redoing the cover because I'm trying to run ads for this just to sort of figure out what Amazon advertising is useful for and what I can do with it. So I've gone to this website called 99designs and I put up $199 for someone to make a new cover for my book. And all these covers started coming in and some of them I might even like. I like this one with the cassette tape on it. I've got this one. There's a million different covers coming in. Uh, and at some point I will pick one and that person will get $200 or they won't if I don't like any of them. And, um, well, this one's not bad. And so basically I'm going to buy a cover for the story collection from these guys and put it up there. This one's not bad. Did you tell them what the book was about? I did. Yeah, I, was, I was wondering that too. How did they come up with that without reading the book or did they read? I mean, I, they didn't read the book. did they? So there's this thing where I filled out this brief. Wow. Okay. I could have spent more time to do it, but I said the title of the book, picture of me, about me. You know, I don't know. I didn't need those things because I'm not doing a print cover and I don't need the back matter. But here's a bunch of description about the book. Here's the punchier description that I'm putting on the website now. Who would read the book? Details. Uh, co other covers from their site that I liked. Um I'm not very good with colors, so I just said, you know, you guys can choose the colors. I have this slider. So I was able to tell them some stuff about the book, describe what you're looking for in more detail. And then um, as I'm going through these different ones, I've been able to set like a bunch of everyone started putting in these ones with highway pictures on it. So then I sent a message to everyone saying no more highway pictures, please. I don't like that. And so now I'm getting some interesting stuff. And I'll start rating them. You know, this one's four stars. Some of them I can just decline and they go away. But long run, you know, I'll choose probably, 
I'm supposed to choose. So this thing is running for four days. I've already got 54 different cover designs. Uh, I've got different stars for them. And some of these people I'm are like making a cover and then asking if I have feedback and I give them feedback and they do a new cover. This guy just did a new cover, which I kind of like. Oh, I like that. It's got a boom box on it and a girl in a bathing suit and a Nintendo thing. Oh, and there's the John Hancock, just like I asked for. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Like, these are all the covers that are coming through, and I'll buy one and put it on there and see if I get any better traction with the advertising with a longer, with a new cover. Um, so that's another thing that I'm messing with. So 200 bucks, not so bad, Harley. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about that too, uh, self-publishing. I, I was probably only four or five rejections away from self-publishing this last book. Well, the interesting thing is that there are all these people now that are really into indie publishing and doing it themselves, and they would rather just hire, you know, hire a copy editor, hire the cover people, and be able to control all of these things and be able to run ads on Amazon for it, and be able to, um, you know, do all these things and get 70% royalty, and be able to change the price of the book as much as you want. Like my first book that Random House owns is $9.99 for Kindle. So if I can get anyone to that book page, nobody's going to buy my novel for $9.99 for Kindle. So, and I can't change that because they still have control of it unless I figure out a way to get the rights back. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that really want that level of control, even for things like cover or, you know, all of these these issues. And then the big question at the end of the day is, do you have to be writing vampire novels or romance to sell books that way? And that is one that I don't yet know. Or some sort of thriller. I mean, people are making a lot of money using all different kinds of writing and different kinds of genre. Um, there's some big questions to be answered here. But it's been strange for me in the last couple of weeks because I've been living in a world where everyone thinks getting a publisher of any size is the way to go. And now I've realized that there's a huge, giant, critical mass, giant chunk of writers out there who totally think differently and wouldn't even bother talking to a publisher because they think they have much better stuff to get by going the other way. And the stuff that they're really looking at data-wise came out in 2014 and that people have been reacting to since 2014 and I completely missed it. So I'll have links to that stuff if you guys are interested. But I know for some of you guys coming up on finished books, this will be increasingly relevant as we go forward. So there's that, and that will be sort of a preview of what's to come. So thanks for being here. Next time we talk, we'll be doing craft or publishing. And keep in touch if you're interested in working together or joining one of the workshops. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank thanks, you. Seth. Thanks, Seth.